This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, May 29th. This is a... Epidepita? I'm Dan Ellis. Uh, I guess I'm Ryan Duffy. And I'm Matt. Yay! Yay, we're all three here. Yeah. Roll call's complete. Uh, <laughs> we're, do, we're recording Mids, today. We're, minutes are done. <laughs> we're recording this week on Wednesday because... Stuff. Well, we had originally hoped that Tamel... Yeah. The Taboo would be able to join us, but... Alas, that did not come to pass. Uh, and then we've got shit going on later in the week. Friday, I am hoping to go to the Sun Trap and meet with the fabulous ladies from the Latter-day Lesbian podcast while they're in town. And then Saturday and Sunday will be the Pride Festival. Yep. So Friday was out for recording. Thursday was not good because you have dog training. Yeah. So that left tonight to record this episode for all of our wonderful fans out there. Same day that our episode from last week dropped. So (laughs) we've not gotten any feedback on it yet or anything. Um, But so we're recording today and then our next show will be recorded Monday. So we're moving back like two days (laughs) every two weeks. and, And then I have to edit it and get it out real quick. Um, which should be okay. Well, technically for recording earlier, it gives more time on, well, yeah, it gives a, lo- a larger number of days in which to do but it. But more of those I days also, are filled with shit. Yeah. Yeah. Those days are all filled with stuffs going on. Um, but it should be fine. It'll, it'll be great. It'll be just me being more busy still. That's fine. That's fine. It's all good. Uh, what did you guys do over the last week? Well, since we last met, I've been at work, but, uh, oh yeah. So and it was, well, it was a it holiday was week and so everyone else had off, but I was at work mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know if it's an accomplishment or not, but, uh, so did you unlock an achievement? Maybe. <laughs> so Sunday when I was at work, I spent most of the day on the computer doing the proposal for the thing I was telling you about last week, which I'm not sharing mm-hmm. anywhere just yet. Mm-hmm. And we're finishing all that of most of the day, writing that stuff up. Then my buddy told me about a show to watch around dinner time. So I was like, I'll go check that out. Then went back to my room and we we're finishing stuff up, working hey, did he on Google Messenger. tell you to Messenger. watch it while you're eating dinner or he while, told you while we were eating, oh, While okay. we were eating dinner, he yeah. said, hey, you should check this show out. It's yeah. pretty good. I've been watching it. I'm like, yeah, I'll give that a shot. So around 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, I'll give this show a shot. Let's see what it's about. I got way too into it. What show is this? Uh, Animal Kingdom. It's a family that is basically they're like, uh, big time, like robbers, robbers, like bank heists, stealing shit. So is the name of the show Animal Kingdom? Or name of the show is Animal Kingdom because they basically these people don't follow any conventional rules of society whatsoever. Hmm. And uh, 
I started watching that around 10 o'clock. Do they live in a castle also? Almost. It's a really big place. It's oh, almost okay. like a, a Point Break. It's like a modern version of Point Break because it's in California. Isn't mm-hmm. there already a modern version of Point Break or no? Uh, I they thought re- they were going to redo it. Oh, they did do, redo yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. It was not fantastic. That's why I didn't hear about it. <laughs> I just remember the original Keanu Reeves yeah. one. Yeah. Not a good movie. But it has that vibe to it. They're family of robbers. And so they're into adrenaline sports like and stuff. Like a documentary? Or no, it's, it's a TV uh, show. It's a, it's a scripted show. Oh, okay. So it's totally fictional. Okay. Um, but I finished two seasons, seasons of it. Wow. Uh, by uh, Monday. How many, <laughs> how many episodes per season and how long uh, are the were, episodes? Hour-long episodes. There's 10 in season one and 13 in season oh, two. I don't think I slept Saturday night. <laughs> and it was a down day or Sunday night. And then Monday was a down day because it was a holiday. So I literally like... Just fucking binge watch the first two seasons. Where can this show be found? Is it on Amazon? Netflix it's on. Amazon? Well, it's a TNT show, which me and my buddy were surprised about. There's a lot of tits and drugs and blood and violence in it. Like, I like, like all those things. We're like, this is on TNT. <laughs> yeah. So like, like bloody violent tits. That's your favorite. I haven't seen any yes. bloody violent yes. tits yet. I mean, if, I guess if you strap some knives to them and they start swinging really good and cut someone up, that's bloody violent. Be a grindhouse. Uh, be a grindhouse. Yeah. I did yeah. not love your dance right there. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. You looked a little bit like uh, the Bill, Wild Bill Wild or Bill. Cowboy Bill or whatever from- Would you fuck me? Yeah. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. Me. That one. It puts the lotion, lotion on, on the skin. skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe we'll close tonight's show with that song because that's a fun song. I like that. If you don't know what it is, I'll have to play it for you during the break, and then you'll... Oh, I I, I remember that movie. Yeah. I also remember Jason Mewes in uh, 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 one of the Jane Silent Bob movies, sitting out there doing it in front of the fucking burger place. <laughs> there's, there's actually <laughs> oh, it's two... Clerks 2. Clerks 2 is when he did it. Yeah, so there's two different songs that I could pick from. There's the, there's the one that is the song in the movie. Where he's dancing and it's playing in the background. Yeah, and then there's a song about the movie and that oh, scene. Oh, I don't so, know if I know that song. That Yeah, that's the one that I was thinking, and then I thought, okay. oh no, I could also play the... Yeah, but I'll, I'll show you during, okay. during our break. Okay. Well, cool. So a lot of TV watching for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it made it. It made this three day shift go by really fast. Animal Kingdom. I will have to check it out. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I got into it I pretty like, hard. Well, we talked last week that I like violence. Yeah, I like I like violent shows. I like creative violence. It's it's creative and violent, and mm-hmm. it somehow appeals to my ape brain man <laughs> parts. That I'm like, yes, crush them. <laughs> It appeals to your penis, something like that. Your man parts. My 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 male violent Test. tendencies. I think, mm-hmm. like the needs for the gladiator dates, just watching people fight it out in the arena. Yeah, yeah. Give them thumbs up or thumbs and, down. Yeah. Now we just have boxing and an MMA and football. Yeah. Football. football. Yeah, but part fo- of that. Yeah, but you don't get the like the blood and. I mean, not, there, not there is usually. blood, but it's usually covered bit. up. That's why yeah. I'm like, when you get the blood and see the gore of someone's eye being completely swollen shut, their ear I popping. Think, I think it's still related to that instinct. Of, of just brute of, force. Of wartime. Yeah. And, you mm-hmm. know, all that. I guess football would be more like, like, you know, revolutionary war tactics, old style war tactics, where you literally line two sides up and you yeah. just kind of went at each other and whoever had the most remaining or ran away first, you know, That's why the, <laughs> the Patriots always win. No, uh, that's that's because of footballs that are um, def- deflated. 
right mm. team <laughs> yeah because those are easier to throw <laughs> yeah easier to catch maybe yeah a little, little, little more grippy yeah a little more give point point five psi is <laughs> worth four games anyway <laughs> apparently it was yeah well <laughs> and you sir uh well monday tuesday wednesday i went to work and then got sacked so <gasps> no yeah i'm not gonna go into a whole bunch of detail but the management and I had a differing opinion about what actually happened. And since they control the scenario, uh, I was fired. They are, they are the masters of that narrative. Yeah. They're, yeah. they hold all the cards. Yep. Which sucks. The I'm winner sorry, man. That history. Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. It's, it's a bad right. deal. Moving on to other stuff. Hopefully better stuff. Yeah. So. Still no S banjo. Yeah. I'm not too broken up about it, but. Yeah, it's, just, it's bad. Find something that's more fulfilling than yeah. people lying to you. <laughs> but I did have some thoughts. Um, I was I was thinking about different, like, convergent evolution and evolution generally. And and I thought, wh- why? Okay, so, like, in the, ta- the case of uh, Pachycetus to the toothed whales, now, Pachycetus was a tetrapod. and a land living, so four legged land living, and then, and then mm. evolved into the toothed whales. Why, if, if we know that for sure, why would God use the same body types, the same, the same anatomy for different creatures like that, that exist in different environments? So why wouldn't he just create a whale that doesn't have vestigial rear legs? And have the same body plan as tetrapods. Whale, mm-hmm. Whales are technically tetrapods. Well, maybe he thought they would need it for swimming, but then he's like, hey, they do pretty good without it. And what is it? No. What? What? Yeah, that sounds like a perfect being. <laughs> what denotes a tetrapod? Four legs. Oh, okay. Four-legged animal. Yeah. Yeah, because aren't, aren't those bones that are back there in the whale, they're not even, are they not even connected? Either? They're like floating no. bones yeah, back there. exactly. But, and, and the front, the dorsal fin or pectoral fins are, uh. Does They're, all the same bones as hands? Yeah. So why why would God choose to do it like that when it perfectly mirrors exactly what we would expect from evolution? Well, because we know the answer to that. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's yet another point against the God hypothesis. Well, well you know, macro evolution uh-huh. versus micro evolution. Oh, yeah. That explains it really. Well, then you get the people throwing it in there. It's like, well, are you sure those bones came from that animal? How many kinds of whales are there? Yeah. Kind of yeah, like, like one of them was doing the thing with, I think it was like a, a T-Rex skeleton. We're like, it's the most intact skeleton. Like, but we still don't know if it's accurate. And like, how do you, how, what do you mean? Well, cause it's only 95% of the dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's 95%. Yeah. Some of the bones degraded and had to be filled with putty to basically figure out, okay, what would the shape of this bone be? Well, we can see this side of it. So probably since most, we have like an atypical structure where one side mirrors the other, it's probably going to be the same as the other side and you can figure out yeah. what the other side looked like. But also we don't just only have one T-Rex skeleton. Yeah. We have a bunch of them. And yeah. so you, you can take information from one and add it to it. To in fact, the, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. And not only T-Rex, but we have a ton of different Tyrannosaurs. 
mm-hmm. which are all pretty closely related. So you, you know, if you, if you were trying to put together a pheasant and you found a chicken, you could still reasonably put it together. They're similar enough. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, how it goes. But yeah, that's, that's just a dumb argument. Well, it's basically being like, well, I won't believe you until you got a hundred percent of one. And then they won't either. They won't believe yeah. that either. Well, how do we know it went in that order? It's like I heard someone was arguing about same dinosaur <laughs> thought was, uh, the long neck dinosaurs I'm like that. They couldn't exist. How they, if they leaned down to eat something, they would have, all the blood would have rushed their head. They would have just passed out. It's like, <laughs> we have giraffes, motherfucker. Yeah. You can go see one of those at a fucking zoo. Do you, do you know how big their sauropods hearts were? Well, I mean, they don't, they, yeah, they don't and, know and, that. And well, not that, I mean, that makes a big difference, but also blood vessels can constrict. Yeah. Yeah. So to prevent blood to rushing to a head, a vessel can constrict to restrict that flow of blood, which if it had a long neck like that, it probably had some sort of mechanism in there to make sure it didn't pass out every time it put its head yeah, down. Yeah, of course. And one of those mechanisms is the air sac. So they had lungs and an air sac. Every time they inhaled, they would fill both of them. Then when they exhale from their lungs, the air sac fills the lungs again. Okay. So they had, they had extra oxygen. oxygen. And how do you know that they just didn't get all of their hydration from the leaves they were eating and they yeah. just kept their head up all the time? Well, how do you sleep then? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, That's what they would probably ask. Like, you rest your chin on the top of a tree. <laughs> that would be comfy. No. But, but I mean, yeah, you, I, these our, objections are just, they just, they just demonstrate that well, those people don't have any idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And their objections based on something they had know nothing about. What did I say? I mean, they're like, well, <laughs> well, he said like no reason or. Oh, but also I'll yeah. bet they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. no, I bet they're illiterate. <laughs> That's a great point, Dan. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Any uh, other? No, that's, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Well, we talked, we talked before we came down here that I have noticed personally that it is becoming more and more difficult for me to <laughs> respect religious people and not just, you know, tell them that the things you believe are fucking nonsense. Welcome, Dan. <laughs> is, is this because of all the recent laws that have been going through, like the abortion shit and stuff? Just Well, yeah, I mean, we, we can see around us more and more every day, especially in the age of Trump, just how deranging religion can be to somebody's thought process, right? That they can justify all of the shit that, Jim, that Donald Trump is doing and call him a good and godly man. Or or best knowing, president since Lincoln. Yeah, knowing his history of as being a serial philanderer, uh, uh, serial artist. tax cheat, con artist, business flunky, terrible student, just all around fucking general jackass. Yeah. But because he... Pretends to like God and mm-hmm. tells these fucking religious idiots what they want to hear. They'll twist themselves into all kinds of knots in order to say that he's a good and righteous person. Plus, we're starting to be able to see just how deranging religion can be to the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, you said exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> well, and and as Ryan pointed out too, that it we can see them passing these horrible, horrible laws all over the place, trying to restrict, Mm. um, rights. 
to women. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. My brain is not functioning well because <laughs> I'm tired. I'm really tired. Uh, What's well, all the abortion issues coming up in multiple states right now, which are there. I just want to take to the Supreme Court to make sure that Roe versus Wade gets overturned. Mm hmm. And that's the only reason why most of these fucking Christians voted for fucking Trump. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're going to get it with this court. Quite possibly. Yeah. Which, he, well, which is also a sham because Trump never should have won in the first place because we know now for sure that it, it, it was rigged and he was likely at least aware of it. Yeah. At the and, very uh, least. What, what state was Roy Moore from? Alabama. Alabama. So. I uh, think he still is from there. <laughs> I would have left that fucking state if I was him. Well, he would still be from there even yeah. if he left. Well, it, but. but was he from there or did he just grow up there? I'm well, from Wisconsin. I'm not from Utah, but I'm in Utah. Yeah, but you. But I could run for office here. I can't say I'm from Utah. Okay. Anyway, getting more is wherever the most 13 year olds are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting more to the point. Uh, Trump had a. A big tweet thing he put out today saying that Roy Moore better not run for office because he's not a good candidate and he got his ass handed to him by the Republicans. And if a Republican doesn't get into office in Alabama, all the great stuff he's been doing for this country will be stripped away, like the abortion laws. Gross. I fucking hate that guy. He's just such a monster. Mm-hmm. He's a mo- he's a demonstrably harmful monster. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I mean, I wonder how many abortions Trump has paid for. Uh, more than one, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, and the majority of abortions that are had around the country are from Christian women. Yeah. They're, they're given to Christian women. Of course, Christians it's... are the overwhelming majority here in the United States, so that's not a huge surprise. Well, but until... it is a surprise because yeah. they shouldn't be doing it yeah. in the first place. Because yeah. because of their views and the and the beliefs that they've decided to take on themselves. Yeah, and then try try to legislate those yeah. rights away from even themselves in the future is right. Fucking stupid. <laughs> well, yeah. I I can't remember which state the guy was from, but they're saying one of the senators that voted for the, one of the abortion laws in one of the states was was a person that had paid for an abortion in the past. Yeah, I think he still is. I've learned the error of my <laughs> yeah. ways, and I just want to make sure that nobody makes the same mistakes I made. I've got to sort that out with God in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. So I really hate to have somebody else have to go through that. Like, all right, we can sort our own shit out. Thank you, sir. <laughs> sort just, our own shit. Just that sounds whole, great. It makes me really frustrated that people don't see how ridiculous they sound and look when they do shit like this. I noticed yesterday while playing golf. Uh, I think one of the guys, well, the, the third that they put with my regular golf playing partner and myself, I believe was LDS and I'm basing that on his Jesus jammies. Yeah. I think he, I think he was wearing some Jesus jammies. Like he had some garments on and a couple times when I swore because I made a bad shot and it's just an instinctual thing, you know, you like backswing, forward swing, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just comes out. Ah, god damn it. Fuck. Oh shit. That was a terrible shot. <laughs> like it just it just comes out. It you know, it's not oh, I'm going to say something really bad after I make this shot, you know, it's and it was just his reaction a couple times after I used a quote-unquote curse word that I noticed that when I'm in the presence of people like that, I do tend to moderate my speech and my actions. And be more careful in what I say and do. And it really bothers me because 
He's the one with the stupid fucking religious beliefs. He's the one who yeah. believes in fucking nonsense and I'm conforming because he believes in absurd fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now it's totally affecting your life. Yeah. Yeah. That, it he, makes, that he took these things on himself. Yeah. Yeah. And gives me bad looks when I use a word that sounds different than a word that he would use that means the same thing, but just sounds different. Ah, fudge. You yeah. know, what's funny about that too, is like a fairly appropriate reaction would seem absolutely insane from you. Like, I mean, <laughs> now that we know all of the, you know what I'm saying? Like now that we know all this information, if you went up to the T and swung and you had a, let's say you had a pretty bad slice and you go, fuck. And then, and then he tries to roll his eyes and you go, no, 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 no. You don't do that. This is your, these are your <laughs> rules. That you, you'd look like a fucking crazy person, <laughs> even though that would be something you probably should be able to do. Well, yeah. It, so it just kind of tied in with a bunch of different stuff that I've noticed over the past few days. And I noticed that a lot of people all over the place pay special deference and respect yeah. To fucking nonsense. Why are we wasting our times conforming our lives to ridiculous beliefs that other people hold? We don't even hold those beliefs ourselves, but we hold ourselves to a standard from a religion that is taught to people that we're not even members of that religion. We're not, we don't go to their churches. We don't have those same beliefs and we can point out how fucking ridiculous and backward a lot of those beliefs are. But we still conform to those beliefs when in the presence of people who believe these demonstrably stupid things. Yeah. We need to get to a point where people are embarrassed to admit in public that they're religious. Right. That's what, the way it should be. Well, yeah. That's the way they feel already when they make the things like, oh, bet you're not, hope you're strong enough to, to proclaim you're a Christian on Facebook. <laughs> people are out to get you. Yeah, you're so brave. You're so brave for coming out in support of God. Yeah, in America. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. So I changed my theology a thousand times. I mean, by the time I, but the, the last God I believed in, Seth, was the greatest God in the world. He was so wonderful. <laughs> he agreed with everything I cared about. He was so nice. He wasn't sending anybody to hell. He wasn't responsible for any evil thing. And the problem is, is that, like, I was in love with that God until I realized, of course, like, if God and you agree that much, it's maybe because you invented him. You and the godless revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. I haven't talked about my son a lot on the show. I talk about how awesome he is and how intelligent he is and uh, how we should get him on here how sometime. Funny but... and, yeah, and that I'd like to have him on the show and just talk about physics and math and stuff because he's really fucking smart about that stuff a lot smarter about that stuff than i am me too um mm, me too but i you know i don't talk about his private life or or my uh my other child's private life a whole lot still adjusting to the trans <laughs> to the to the trans stuff um anyway so he my my son uh and it's weird that i even have to say this but he came out publicly yesterday on Facebook. Um, but it wasn't like, Hey, I'm announcing that I'm coming out of any closet or anything. It was just, he changed his relationship status to show that he's in a relationship with a very nice young man from what I can see. 
I haven't met him yet, but I, I hope to very soon. And in my, you know, this, and I, and I saw this after I had been golfing and had realized, you know, I, I had this little epiphany while I was out golfing that why am I conforming to somebody else's religious beliefs, mm -hmm. especially in a free country where I, you know, am ostensibly able to worship or not worship as I please. Well, yeah, legally, but it's not, it's not exactly a socially free country. Yeah. Yeah. You pay social consequences for not adhering to these ridiculous norms of not cursing in public, of being reverent, of, you know, being respectful of other people's stupid fucking beliefs about shit. When, you know, in, in a sane world, I should be able to be up at the tee box hit a terrible shot and say, God damn it, that motherfucking ball is bullshit. Fuck all of this and blah, blah, blah. I should be able to say all of that and everybody would go, well, was, maybe you should calm down a little bit. Like it was not that big deal. Not that I throw a big hissy fit or anything. It's I mean, that, just, that sounds like me at work when we're out of bacon. It's usually just whack. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, and, and that if anybody gives me any grief over that, that I can just turn around and go, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of. Instead of the opposite reaction where now it's like, oh, I said fuck around this guy and I shouldn't have done that. Why? Why? That's dumb. Yeah. That's fucking stupid that I can't just say fuck when, whenever I want. Yeah. And when, I mean, there's certain cir circumstances where you should probably act a little more professional and use a more professional language, like in well, but a professional like, setting, but out golfing or hanging out or walking downtown with your friends. I don't give a fuck if I let a few cuss words out or not. <laughs> Actually, in my professional setting, we say fuck all the time. Well, sure. And then I was just going to say, who's to decide what is professional and yeah. what is not? I was going to say, I mean, that's is it more just professional to say, oh, fudge or oh, crap or shucks or darn. Like you, 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 the sentiment is the same. You're just using a word that doesn't sound like a curse word. Yeah. It's fucking stupid and that's just an extension of what you're talking about now anyway right even if it's in the workplace yeah um and the other thing is about about being public like expressing your public disagreement with with mouth sounds <laughs> is that in <laughs> in a way they're saying oh, i'm so much better than you yeah because because i i don't have to use bad words or that, or it's just that i don't use them and they're bad and you do or i replace because my why, bad words with why okay else words. would they scoff at it yeah except for that they want to make sure that you know that they saw or heard you do that mm. right but then like i say they still they still have the same sentiment about different stuff but instead of saying shit it's oh crap yeah yeah, yeah. or instead of ah fuck well, it's oh frick I've heard people that say ball. crap as a cuss word before. Yeah. Like what? Oh yeah. I, I remember when I was, when I was teeny tiny and my family was out at a family reunion, uh, in Logan Canyon and all of us kids were playing together and we're doing stupid kid stuff, you know, jumping on tables and doing whatever. And I said, oh my gosh, about something. And I was admonished by one of my LDS family members that I shouldn't say gosh. Because it sounds too much like God. I almost <laughs> took the Lord's name in vain by saying, gosh. Like, <laughs> just, I don't understand how people are so fixed and rigid in believing in such fucking stupid things. It should be the case where, I swear, 
Somebody gives me a bad look and I go, oh, what, do you believe in some magical fucking invisible sky wizard that is granting you special wishes? And if you make a sound with your mouth that isn't pleasing to him, he's going to smite you. What kind of fucking idiot are you? Well, I, I do have fun with it at work sometimes. Yeah. Instead of saying Jesus fucking Christ, Mm. I'll say Jesus, Luis Dreyfus. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) But it, I and mean, it still annoys the Mormons. <laughs> so to try to tie this back into a more central point, you know, I said my son came out sort of, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm making a grand announcement that I am not heterosexual. It was but, just, he changed his relationship yeah. status. And in my mind, what bothered me about the whole deal wasn't that he made this announcement, wasn't anything of, of the sort. It was that in my own mind, my first reaction was, oh my God. What is my dad going to say? Oh my oh, God. Uh, what is my grandmother going to say? When it shouldn't fucking matter what they yeah. think or say or do. It's none of their fucking business. And if they have a problem with it, it's because of their stupid fucking religious beliefs alone. Yep. And it shouldn't be, it, I mean, it, there, there shouldn't even be a reason for somebody to have to come out of the quote unquote closet for right. being gay, for expressing, for telling people, Hey, I'm in love with this other person. Yeah. It's a, it's a mutually consensual agreement. We both love and care for each other. Why would anybody have a big fucking problem about that? Why does there have to be this planning around announcing to the world that you love somebody that somebody, that someone who believes in whatever religious ideals should be here on earth that they may not agree with it. And so you need to be extra special careful around these people who believe in stupid shit. And, and, and why pick that out? <laughs> yeah. Why not? You know, if you want to know who I am, I, I like football and drawing and I'm gay and you know, whatever else I like what? just those kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should be, it's, yeah. it's a normal part of human existence. Being gay isn't different or weird or mm. abnormal. It's it's normal. It's did you say abnormal? <laughs> abnormal. Oh, they got a new album coming out. <laughs> well, Dancing Queen does fit. It just it it bothered me that my internal reaction and first thought wasn't yeah. wasn't oh hey that's awesome I'm so glad it's oh shit what is my dad gonna think oh shit what is my grandma gonna think what are they going to say they're gonna call me I'll have to deal with it when really all I have to say to them is. Gray is in love with somebody. Why do you have a fucking problem with that? It's because of your ridiculous fucking Mormon mm-hmm. beliefs. Yep. We all know that's the cause of all of this. Mm-hmm. And you are the one in the wrong and being an asshole. Nobody should have to explain this shit to you. Well, this is just a part of life. Get the fuck over it. Religion sometimes doesn't, doesn't just uh, discriminate against gay people in those relations. If they're not the right religion. Mm. Oh, you're marrying someone of a different religion? Well, we can't fucking have that. Yeah. You're fucking out of the family if you don't marry someone in our fucking cult. When yeah. are you when are you going to disown him? <laughs> well, and that's the other sad thing about this is that so many people in that situation do fear retribution yeah. from their family and coworkers and friends because of their friends and family and coworkers stupid fucking religious beliefs yeah. that should have no bearing on any, any other person's life who isn't a member of that fucking religion. Right. Or, or the fact that we live in a state with a right, right to work that can still fire you for being gay, mm. kick you out of your housing for being gay mm. because you're not protected underneath any of those anti-discrimination things. Yeah. 
And that's wild to me. And with pride coming up this weekend, uh, you know, every year I have some story about some ridiculous person that I talked to at the pride <laughs> festival. And so I'm sure it's going to happen again this year, but it's like, why does anybody else have to try to explain their lives when they're not members of your ridiculous yeah. invisible wizard cult? Nobody else believes in this stupid, insane bullshit that you're talking about. And you're judging people as being wrong based on your favorite comic book character. Basically it's fucking yeah. stupid. <laughs> Why do we have to spend our time justifying our normal lives? Because your fucking stupid religious beliefs make you hate other people in their lives. that have no effect on them whatsoever. And, and you know, I've, I've, I've known this about my son for a long oh, yeah. time, right? I mean, he hasn't told other members of the family. I didn't figure that it was my place to say anything to him. I'm happy that he is in a relationship and this, this guy that he's seeing seems really nice. Um, it just, it bothers me that the, that my reaction wasn't like my first reaction was, Oh, that's great. And then, there, it was mingled with all of these other feelings about, oh shit, what am I going to have? You know, how am I going to deal with this? It, I shouldn't, it, shouldn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this nicely, <laughs> but I, like I say, I've, well, I've known about this for years and I haven't said anything to other family members, but it's been a contentious point with certain family members, like with my dad and my grandmother, yeah. because they are very LDS and pretty judgmental and they do really horrible thing. And my dad says really horrible shit. We've talked yeah. about a lot well, of the what, horrible what, shit that my dad that, has said. The holiday party you guys had where a trans family member was sitting at a table and he yeah. made that comment mm -hmm. you were talking about. That. Like, that's fucking... Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, the kind like, of shit that my dad says. Yeah. And I've made... And what a coward to tell you and not them. Yeah. Yeah. To talk to... Me. And that to it's pull a, you aside and that and it's a kid. Like it was a 13, 14 year old kid. Oh, and he man. knows you. <laughs> I, I hope. He, he probably... And my dad comes and approaches me about it as if I would somehow agree with his backward fucking beliefs about this stuff. And, you know, pulls me aside. Oh yeah. See, see that person down there. Oh, apparently he has decided that he's no longer a, he, he's a, she now. And I told him, you don't say shit like that. And he turned to me like he like he thought that I was saying, oh, yeah, that's really gross. Don't say gross things like uh, that. Like that that shouldn't happen. Trans people aren't a thing. It was no, you're being an asshole. Don't say ridiculous, rude, yeah. assholey things like that, especially to me. You should know better. You know how I <laughs> feel about shit like this. Why the fuck are you even mentioning it to me? So there's that whole deal. and. I, I keep going back and looking at my son's post and seeing who has liked it and everything just to see if, if my certain family members post anything. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they've made a comment or, or anything or made a sad face emoji on it. And, and <laughs> like I say, I've, I've known this about Gray for several years now and I have made remarks to both my grandmother and my father, like, and I've made posts on Facebook aimed at, Mormon friends and family members and coworkers that I have when I hear Mormons saying awful things about the LGBTQ community and pointing out that, Hey, you know, when you say that shit around members of your family, you need to realize that I know a lot more about the members of your family than you do because they come and they talk to me about it. They talk to me about it because they feel safe 
knowing that I'm not going to judge them for that, mm-hmm. that I am perfectly fine with them being who they are. So I know more about these family members than you do. And you say this horrible shit around them all the time. Maybe you should stop and think about that. Maybe you should stop and think about the things that you're saying that are harming the people that you say you love and care about when you don't even know who those people are because they're too afraid of you and your reaction to them based on the things that you've said. Yeah. And so it just pissed me off that I know that my son has been around my dad and my grandmother when they've said horrible things about the LGBTQ community and they just kind of smile and laugh and shrug it off. And I'm sure inside it crushes them a little bit. And it really fucking makes (laughs) me mad that these religious family members of mine who believe in ridiculous fucking nonsense are passing judgment on these other people and causing them real harm. And they just go on their merry way thinking I'm right with Jesus now. Yay. Mm -hmm. I made fun of a gay person. Jesus (laughs) is going to be so proud of me. Fuck that. It pisses me off and it needs to stop. And we are right. We absolutely need to get to a place where if people, the, the people should have to come out of the closet as being religious. Oh, Hey, yeah. I believe, I believe in something exactly. really fucking stupid. Yeah. I just can't help myself. I need to come out and make this confession. It's, it's a deep, dark secret that I've had. The same way as if someone today came out and said, you know what? I really believe in leprechauns. I'm going to dedicate my life to the leprechaun King. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's, that's fucking ridiculous. That's, that's stupid. Well, and it, it had me thinking about all of the interactions that I've had at the pride festival over the years. There was a couple of years ago, somebody came to the booth and they were talking about, um, you know, that, oh, you know, I don't have any problem with somebody being an atheist. You know, personally, I believe in God and Jesus Christ as my savior, but it's cool if you don't. I understand that. That's fine. And I just said, oh, well, where, where is God? <laughs> well, he's everywhere. And I'm like, well, what do you mean he's everywhere? Is he in my ass right now? Well, well, he's, no. he's omnipresent, right? So he's just everywhere, all, all over the place. And I'm like, throughout the entire universe that expands for infinity. Oh yeah. He's just everywhere. And I'm like, well, that's pretty convenient. Like there's nowhere you can't point to a spot and say, that's where God lives. I said, you know, when religion first started out, all of these gods lived, you know, in lands across the river or across the bay or across the ocean. Then when we built boats where we could, where we could cross the water or the ocean, then the gods moved up to the mountains. Yeah. And then when we learned how to climb mountains and scale them and get up to where the gods lived, the gods had suddenly moved into the clouds. And then we built airplanes and we can fly into the clouds, above the clouds. We built machines that could take us out of our Earth's atmosphere to other stellar bodies. And there's no gods up there. So now they're just everywhere. They're everywhere all at once, all at the same time. You know, the, and the, invisible. Yeah, the narrative yeah. of of where these gods live changes according to where we can go and investigate. Oh, really? Does the god live there? Let's go and find out. Let's go visit him. Well, at least the Mormons still say he's on what Kolob or whatever, or the star next to Kolob <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. So at least they give an actual definitive location. Yeah, but we can't get to it. Yeah. Well, well we don't know that it's a location. What was it? Because was it the star a star next to Kolob or was it Kolob? Yeah, but. Kolob doesn't exist is what I'm saying. Yeah, but we could, I mean, if it's, if it's a real star, we can go find, I mean, Mormons should be able to point it out. It's not a real star. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just, they believe in these fairy tales and consider them so sacred and holy and part of their identity that I believe in this nonsense. I believe in something that is so fucking stupid that even a whiff of truth and somebody just speaking plainly about it 
sends them spiraling into despair and feeling persecuted and attacked for somebody pointing out how stupid that belief is. How stupid is this belief? And why have you never questioned it? Sends these people spiraling. And in the meantime, and before all of that, and, you know, disregarding those types of things, they have absolutely no qualms whatsoever with telling other people what they can do with their bodies based on Mm -hmm. their religious beliefs. That these people don't even practice the same religion, have those same beliefs, but I'm going to force you to live according to my religious beliefs because I know I'm true. I know I'm, I'm, my religion is true and correct and I'm right. And so you, even though you don't believe in it, you filthy savage heathen, I'm going <laughs> to force you to believe or to follow what my religion says you should do anyway. In order for my it's God stupid. to come back and kill all of us. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> people are writing laws, harming other people yeah. based on stupid. Stupid, ridiculous beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the thing is, is they're not hiding it. They will, like, there was that one senator that said, yes, my religious no, belief says of it. I should not pass. I, I'm, I, we need to stop all abortions no matter what, because that's what my religion tells me to do. And that's how I'm voting on this. And people will be like, all right, so where does it say that in your Bible? Like, no, that's what my religious conviction is. It's like, no, you're a fucking senator. You're not a preacher. Yeah. You're not up here to legislate your religion into fucking law. You're here to look at laws and go, okay, is this beneficial or not? Yeah. And they don't, well, it would make Jesus happy and that's all that really matters. But there, there almost is zero, uh, difference in their views. They're they're They regulate by their religion. So more of those people get in office and more of those laws passed and more, I guess, Dumb fuckery happens. Well, not dumb fuckery, but the more uh, emboldened they get to pass more laws that coincide with their religion. Yeah. Because, hey, those last ones worked. Hey, we got Trump in office, so, hey, we're good to go. Yeah. We got a majority Republican or majority conservative uh, uh, Supreme Court, so we're good to go. Let's pass as many of these fuckers as we can right yeah. now because the Supreme Court ain't going to fucking uh, knock them down. Well, and it, it's it's just such a deranging thought pattern that it leads to all kinds of pernicious things that happen around us, right? They, they pass laws that are based on false information, bad data, and it doesn't matter to them because in their mind, it's what Jesus or God wants. And so, you know, evidence be damned because the environment certainly can't be destroyed. God would step in and save us. He's not going to allow us to yeah. destroy mm-hmm. everything. And if he did allow us to destroy everything, well, then that's just part of his plan. So it'll all work out yeah, in the end. It doesn't exactly. really matter. So let's suck all that freedom oil out of the ground. And which is a, which is a weird twist, right? Because it's almost, it's almost like religious people are nihilists to a point themselves because it's like, well, it doesn't really matter what we do because God would always be there to save us. Mm. He'll always love us. He'll always take care of us. We can't destroy anything really that badly, so it doesn't really matter what we do. It doesn't matter if we work to fix it or not, because if we don't fix it, well, God will step in, and if he and, and if he doesn't step in and it's ruined, well, then the second coming ha- then the second coming happens, yeah. and, and and no matter I'll we'll be lifted up to heaven, whilst righteous ones anyway, and all of you filthy <laughs> sinners will be burning in hell forever, and I'm gonna smile <laughs> on that day. And mm-hmm. where does that leave room for their libertarian free will? Nowhere. Yeah. That's the other thing too. It's like they just don't stop to, for even a second to examine their own beliefs and how they mm-hmm. contradict one another and just how fucking stupid they are. They're so fucking stupid. Yeah. A lot of these religious beliefs are just so wild and crazy and ridiculous. Well, I heard there's no sex in heaven now, so I'm going straight to hell anyway. Wait, what do you mean now? 
Forever? I don't oh. know. Like, I guess, because someone had Well, not made for a... mortals, anyway. Mormon God has sex where he lives. Yeah, but you're not allowed to. He's a God. He only... births spirit babies. Only God can have the sex. Uh. When I hear that the Mormon God is having spirit babies up there, all I can think of is, is standing by a cliff over the earth and just fucking jizzing on it. <laughs> uh, sprinkling what? my seed. Just, just jerking off on the side of a cliff, just letting it sprinkle all through the universe down into earth. Hmm. That is a, that's a interesting way to look at it. I mean, he's God. He's got to deliver the baby somehow. Yeah. Spreading my seed, spreading my seed. <laughs> but no, there's well, like you a, know, it's uh, not, it's not, you shouldn't be ashamed of your gay fantasies. No, I'm not. <laughs> I have <laughs> a painting of that time. on the wall. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Did Matt draw it for you? No. So it looks horrible. Yeah. It just looks like a fucking kid peeing. It's just a stick figure. On a tennis ball. It's a stick figure with like a little rounded hill. <laughs> something approximating a phallus. Yeah. With something approximating a hand gripping it. Little motion And the approximations lines. are not to scale. <laughs> anyway, those were my thoughts for this week. All right. I'm just very frustrated. Interesting. And I'm looking forward to Pride and talking to probably some mama dragons or some Christian believers or some right-wing lunatics See, or, you know, maybe one person that all of that is rolled up into one little nut bar. Whenever I sat there at the booth at the Ask an Atheist thing, mm. I got people having fun questions like, what's your favorite dinosaur? Yeah. Because they go, what can we ask him? Like, ask me anything. And they would just ask me stupid questions or people that had like, yeah, I used to be Mormon. Or I used to be part of this. And I kind of left it. And I like telling their story. I'm like, I never, I, I wanted the person to come and be like, you fucking sinner. I'm like, okay, let's have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I try to be pretty diplomatic at the pride festival. I don't, I, I mean, unless the person is being really belligerent and it's yeah. gone on long enough and I'm just like, get the fuck away from me. I, I, I give as good as I get, I guess. Like I, if they're cordial and nice, then I react in a similar mm -hmm. fashion. If they come in. You know, just mirror their reactions with or, with their god guns blazing and hell fury and fire between you know behind them. Then you bring out the fucks. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't give any fucks about you. <laughs> Go the fuck away. All right. Well, we have some other stuff to cover this evening, so we'll get to that after the break. And I still have to show you that song. So yes, we'll do that. All right. Hey gang, this is Jack Materko from For Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner Podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Religions undermine respect for evidence. Religions harm societies by disfavoring evidence in favor, in favor of faith, preferring mass hysteria, superstition, priestly authority, and the propagation of beliefs by cultural conditioning over controlled, careful, circumspect, public, unbiased inspection. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. We have some news items to cover, but before we do, I forgot during our little intro because I just got so flummoxed and upset with all of the other bullshit going on. Uh, there's been some good news. Yay! Our our friend Jack Materko from the Naked Diner podcast. He's been a guest on this show. He also writes the For Infernal Use Only blog over at Patheos. He and his partner had their little baby, awesome. little baby Materko, and posted some. He posted some pictures, and it's quite a lovely baby. Yeah, 
There, yeah. there are often times that I see boy. a newborn baby, and I'm like, "That's a, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a thing, little alien yeah. baby that that came out of someone." But this, your your baby is beautiful, Jack. They don't need to worry about it being a Seinfeld baby. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see the baby. baby. Like, oh, it's ugly. <laughs> that was a funny episode. <laughs> no, they're, but their their yeah. child is very very cute. Congratulations to both of you, all three of you, I guess. Yep. I guess the baby's got more hair than Jack. Or you. <laughs> or, or Well, I don't know. It might be I haven't cut my hair in a week, so it might be a toss up there. <laughs> you are you are looking a little fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. I need to need to cut it. Has it passed the Velcro stage or is it at the Velcro stage? Well, it's only sits at the Velcro stage for like three days. Yeah. Cause I don't bick it anymore. Oh, yeah. I just I just do a do the trimmer. Trimmer with no no guard. Yeah. It's uh cuts down on razors that way. Oh fuck sure. yeah, it does. Yeah. And the Velcro effect. Razor, I like keeping a cue ball, but it's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you buy an electric razor? I tried that. It just didn't. Razor burn or? No, it just didn't seem to like cut as close on the head. Like it works great on my face. I use an electric on my face. Mm. But just on my head, like it didn't evenly do it. Hmm. Well, I've just got so many scars and bumps on my head that. I thought the same thing. Difficult. So yeah. every once in a while I would hit one of those. Like I got like little. Nub in the back there, right where it kind of like right below the yeah, yeah. I was I was pushing my soft spot. I shouldn't have been doing that. Um, also, aren't you medically trained? I don't know what that little nub's called. The back of the skull, right there. It's called the nub. Yeah, don't push your soft spot. Isn't that part of the occipital? Uh, it's part of my skull. Like it's so I got like yeah. Yeah, I'm not good with the bone fucking names. All I know is if you break it, it's fucked up. What's bone fucking? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've cut that before. Like where I've like I've like like taken a slice off of it. Like oh, yeah. whoops, there's some That's salami. Even work. Salami. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to think of like a meat cutter, you know? And they yeah, yeah, just mm. cut a little slice right off of it, nice and fine. Roast beef. Yep. Mm. Roast beast. And I don't realize it until I go to like wash the. Uh, lather off of my head. Like, stings, oh, that stings yeah. right there. I'm like, oh, there's a cut. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what news stuff do you have for us this week, Matt? Um, where does religion come from? Stupid beliefs. People trying to explain stuff they don't understand, and instead of just saying I don't know, they make shit up. Mm. Uh, this is from uh, Shankar Vendantum. Uh, he said, "Let's go. Let's take a moment to go back in time." For most of human history, we lived in small groups of about 50 people. Everyone knew everyone. If you told a lie, stole someone's dinner, or failed to defend the group against its enemies, there was no way to disappear into the crowd. Everyone knew you, and you would get punished. But in the last 12,000 years or so, human groups began to expand. It became more difficult to identify and punish the cheaters and free riders. So we needed something big. Really big. An epic force that could... See what everyone was doing and enforce the rules. That force, according to social psychologist Azim Sharif, was the popular idea of supernatural punisher, also known as God. Mm-hmm. Think of the vengeful deity of the Hebrew Bible, known for sending punishments, like rains of burning sulfur and lo- clouds of locusts, blood and lice. It's an effective it's an effective stick to deter people from immoral behavior, says Sharif. Um, 
Uh, Sharif and other researchers who study religion through the lens of evolution, uh, religion can be seen as a cultural innovation similar to fire tools or agriculture. He says the vibrant uh, panoply of religious rituals and beliefs we see today, including the popular belief in a punishing God, emerged in different societies at different times as mechanisms to help us survive as a species. Thoughts? Uh, I was thinking, um, I would almost think that the, the early Homo sapiens would have had maybe not like a God like we think of it, but a God uh, image. Mm-hmm. To explain things, so the mm-hmm. that image of God would have just evolved over time as well to being an all the creator of everything. So early on, maybe it was like, okay, hey, what causes the lightning? Right. Fuck if I know. There must be something up there doing it. It's this guy doing it, and that just evolves into what we now have as Zeus, or you know, gods. Right. So I think I would say that that you know, to God probably came from fear. Yeah. The things we don't fear, we need to have an answer for it. We need to have an explanation for it. We need to, there needs to be a reason for it. And they gave it a reason. And that reason was some sort of superhuman being. I think it just helped people attempt to explain things. But instead of waiting until they had better evidence or more information, they just made shit up. Yeah. I mean, that they didn't have, I mean, they had their form of science, I would guess. Yeah. Not like the method being like, hey, if I do this and this, it does this. And if I keep, it keeps happening. Oh, this works. So I just figured something out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting that throughout human history, gods have evolved, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It used to be that you had many Mul- gods controlling individual little things around you or, you know, parts of things. One God would control the weather. One would control the sea. One control the wind. One, you know, you had elemental gods. And then in order for my God to be better than your God, my God's got to be stronger. So he, you know, my God can do all the things that it takes, you know, five gods of your religious belief. And my God, the one God can do all of that himself because he's the true God. He's better than your gods. Yeah. It was like back then it was like, well, Poseidon's in charge of the seas and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, that's a pretty big job in itself. So, you know, somebody else is doing all the other stuff or whatever. And then fast forward to Christians and then, you know, they're like, our God's invisible and he's everywhere yeah. and he does everything and he's perfect. <laughs> and he's, in, you know, it's just like, <laughs> my God, well, can eat up your God. Yeah. It's so childish. <laughs> I mean, don't like uh, some of those where you say like, you know, you got. Poseidon in the ocean, you got Zeus in the clouds, you got someone else in the volcano. Like, they believed the people existed in those areas, didn't they? Like, that Poseidon was in the ocean. As Zeus, far as I know. Zeus mm-hmm. was in the clouds. The person that controls the volcanoes is in the mountain. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to have multiple gods that way, because if sure. the guy's in the ocean, how's he fucking, how's he hitting the switch up there for the lightning and the waves? Yeah. Yeah. And how can he, how can he go from being so wet and then go into a volcano that he's yeah. just going to burn up? Or was it multiple people coming up with different ideas for what creates what? And well, Jimmy came up with this fucking Poseidon thing. And yeah, that it was makes fucking, sense. I mean, if you think yeah, about it, it really that makes was, a lot of sense. And it was killer. And have you <laughs> seen the women that he's been getting after he came up with that Poseidon thing? I got to come with my own God. Because he is getting yeah. so much action. Fucking Zeus. Well, and then people... Wait, why were they fucking Zeus? Oh, because he gets a lot of action. So, therefore, since he invented that guy, he's automatically just slaying it. Hmm. <laughs> so, like, war. Oh, the God of War, that guy, that no one liked that guy. They got all the guys <laughs> killed. 
Hmm. Wait, what? who's the god of war in Greek? Mars and Roman. Uh, Apollo? Uh, no. No. Let's see. I can it, look it up. Uh, Roman god of war? No, that's Mars. That's Mars? You want the Greek god of war? Yeah. Oh, Mars is Roman. We want Greek god of war. As soon as I see the name, I'm going to go, oh, that one. Yeah. Ares? Ar- oh, yeah. Uh-huh. In contrast to Athena, who represents military strategy and generalship hmm. as the goddess of intelligence. Hmm. Ares, Mars, yeah. And those are all our, are what our fucking signs and planets. And then as soon and... as we could travel to Mount Olympus and see that the gods weren't really they there, do. it's, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, I guess they never existed. They must live in the clouds now. Yep. Nonsense. Nonsense. Fucking or stupid shit, man. Even with the Egyptians, where you can have one pharaoh going, hey, look, there's 50 different gods. And one pharaoh goes, nah, there's just one. Like the I next can... pharaoh goes, hey, there's 50 gods. Like, what's... Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> each pharaoh you have has different fucking gods that apparently exist whenever he says they exist. So... Yeah. I think that this has come up before, because I remember asking if that was Akhenaten. I think it was. He was, yeah, for the... Uh, he he was the one that Just believed in uh, uh, the sun god. Um, Ra. Ra, yeah. So he yeah. was the the monotheistic ruler of Egypt. Right. Okay. But how do you? Mm. But then the next ruler that came in got rid of that and is like, nope, all the gods are back. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I know they didn't live that long back then, but hopefully there's one person alive for both the, for three of those ruling parties to realize, hey. Like I I understand how religion became a thing and that I would even go so far as to possibly grant that it was necessary in the past. Or useful. Or useful is a better word, not necessary. Useful would be a much better word. But in today's age, it's it's just ridiculous to hang on to these stupid, demonstrably false beliefs that if they were to take even just a couple minutes to Google some things about their own religion, the thing that they practice every week and then all week long and tell their friends that they should practice and try to recruit other people to do it. Instead of doing that, take a moment to examine what you believe and why. And is your belief in that thing really justified? And what about the problems that other people bring up with your religion? Why are they so different and special in contrast with other religions, why don't you question your own religion as much as you question the religion of others? But why should why should we know what we think? <laughs> <laughs> it just it it's it's mind boggling to me. You know, when I was at the golf course and I noticed that guy doing those things, you know, when I when I would curse or whatever, and yeah. he kind of give me a weird glance or whatever, and I noticed that it's that it happens with a lot of people that I play with out there, and I just want to just like grab him and shake him and go why are you giving me a hard time you're the one that believes in ridiculous stuff yeah like i'm not the one with stupid beliefs here well i'm sure i have a bunch of stupid beliefs but not as far as letting those stupid beliefs guide my entire life and run me as an individual and stop me from doing certain things or or making me cause harm to other people because of those stupid beliefs like I'm not the one that's the problem here, buddy. It's you. Yeah. I, I had a guy at work the other day make a comment. It's just, just last shift. Uh, we're talking religion a little bit. And we're cool with that in my platoon. Yeah. And he's, we're talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, I used to be Mormon and stuff. But he goes, the more I read about it, I just couldn't do it. 
Like, so me and my wife, we both left the Mormon religion. He goes, but I'm still Christian. And in my, my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, <laughs> but why? Why, dude? Why? Oh, why? But then this thought came to me. Uh-huh. Mormonism didn't start up until 18, they came here in 18, what, 30, was it 1832? Something. When he Are you discovered the about pe- when, what? when Joseph Smith started authoring, I think it was like eight, it was 1830. Well, that's not too far gone in our history. Yeah. Mm. So a lot more of information about Joseph Smith in that whole time frame is well preserved, mm-hmm. firsthand information about how much of a dipshit this guy was that makes his credibility not very good. But it doesn't right. phase most of them. But when it when people do get into yeah, it, like yeah, that, yeah. that's what kind of phases them, though. If they if they bother to look, if they're already curious, curiously minded. Then they're already on their way out. But we can't do that with Christianity the same way. Well, we, we I mean, kind of we, can, we, but we, not we as can, easily. But not yeah. as easily. Like the the yeah. the amount of information to go, well, a Jesus could have existed. We just don't know. There's no record. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. it's like modern faith. Well, you know, like Scientology um, and and Mormonism are both more recent things, and so we can look and say, okay, well, they're they're, they've got this foundation of religious belief, uh, you know, in a monothe in a monotheistic um, cult or, mm-hmm. or belief, and and the rituals attached to that. But they don't leave it there. They add additional layers of extra bullshit. Like they've taken something that was a foundation of lies and bullshit, and then they add more bullshit onto it, and somehow continue believing in that like the the yeah. more ridiculous it is the harder people believe in it sometimes yeah, yeah sometimes yeah but like with the jesus crucifixion uh-huh. so i see he's on your shirt just fucking wind yep. it out ymca <laughs> if if we would have had the romans records of all the executions that took place in rome all the crucifixions all the the hangings everything that happened mm-hmm. and like the reason why and we can point out like hey they kept a good record of it and here is the one where this guy claimed that was leading a cult called uh christianity and his name was fucking yahweh here he is here's the fucking dude like oh well shit that's Evidence that they hung him for this thing that you're claiming the Bible is based on. Huh. Yeah. Well, but even then. But, even but the resurrection grant, part of it. Well, and even if you were to grant that there was we can't some grant itinerant, that he's a God. wandering, nomadic Jew who is preaching to people, that still doesn't get you to a belief in a God. It, no, no, it, it doesn't. Would, it would get you to a point of, okay, well, maybe this that guy, guy existed and he yeah. did these things. It and doesn't he get made you to these a God. Claims, but that still is no evidence for proof of a God. But yeah. like we're, That's what faith is for. But yeah. like with Joseph Smith, we can show you the exact fucking spot where he was killed. We have all those yeah. records. Mm. And we know that was a fucking con job. We can show you his arrest records. We can yeah. show you... Things that he's pulled directly from the Bible yeah. that are in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. We can show you that the Book of Abraham is bullshit, that the mm-hmm. Kinderhook plates are bullshit, that the whole translation narrative is bullshit, that it's all bullshit. And people just don't want to look at that. They don't yeah. want to examine it. They don't want to think about it because they believe that their religion provides them comfort and makes them feel good. Well, they're encouraged not to. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, and that's the other thing, too, is they're told from the pulpit not to look at anything that doesn't come from the official church. Yeah, and if Mormonism would have evolved like Christianity, we would have another hundred years before their fucking book would be written. Oh, yeah? Well, because the Bible wasn't written. Oh. 
you're talking about that the Bible wasn't written until what, like a long time, time after afterwards. Jesus so it was everything was Jesus supposedly yeah. died. And we also have zero information on this Jesus person actually dying. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's true. Because it's too far removed from history to be able to be like, yeah, here's evidence this person actually exists. And it's too far gone from history to be like, well, you can't really prove that that person didn't, but then you can't also prove there's a God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are just so many questions that anybody with a curious mind you would think would easily see through all of this bullshit and lead themselves out of out of a religious belief. But they're just so determined to believe in it and to want to hang on to it that they shut out any bit of anything that calls it into question. They build up these walls and experience a ton of cognitive dissonance, I'm sure. but. I don't know why they go through all of that instead of just stepping back and going, okay, well, maybe I should examine it. Even the LDS leaders in the past have said, if the truth, you know, if our church isn't true, then it should be. Uh, yeah. Then it should yeah. be known that it's not true. Yeah. 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 Well, they, they probably they don't really believe that. Yeah. They, it's, they're it's, pretty much saying that be like, trust us. Yeah. We already researched this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Keep you don't need money. to go and look for it yourself because we've already done that work for you. You can just continue paying. Your 10% and putting money yeah. in our coffers so that we can continue trying to strip and deny rights to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What else you got for us? This comes from Justin Demetz. <clears throat> uh, about six months out from the first Democratic presidential primaries and caucuses, the hot commodity in the race is Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yep. I was going to talk to you guys about him before the show, and we can talk about him during this, too, because okay. it kind of fits in with the whole theme of people believing stupid things. And <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh-oh. But it, I like I like Pete. Yeah. I'm very bothered by his whole Christian thing, like, yeah. you're a gay guy who spouts that you're that you are a believing Christian and somehow you can work that into your, like, I don't, I don't understand how that works out. It shouldn't how does jive. that, how is that a thing? And especially because you seem like a fairly intelligent guy. How, how does this, how does this work? How do you make it work that you can be a gay person knowing that the Christian religion in general in the Bible right. says that you should be stoned. You should, you should be dragged out into the road and have rocks thrown at you until you are dead because you're gay. And somehow you can hold those two things in your head at the same time and not be a basket case. I, I don't understand how that works. Yeah. Um, Mayor Pete is young, exciting, gay, thoughtful, and seemingly the front runner for the nomination, whatever that means in May, the year before the election year. Yeah. He's also notably very open about his Christian faith and his home in the Episcopal church. His theology, must, much like his politics, is vaguely left, uh, vaguely center-left, full of the catchphrases and platitudes, and appears not overly substantive. Uh, Mayor Pete, who is drawing extra attention for his appearance on Fox News on Sunday, has certainly been getting plenty of media attention about his faith, all of it mainly focused on him being the religious left candidate in contrast with the long-dominant Christian right. I mean, are there any candidates on the left who are atheists that are running right now? Not openly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Buttigieg's unapologetic harnessing of Christian rhetoric in defense of liberal political principles has caused a sensation. All of this makes me wonder, uh, do we really need Buttigieg to lead the rise of the religious left? 
so many of us on the left have long lamented the power of the religious right in America over the past several decades. Criticism has centered not only on the bad political and policy positions it has advocated, but also on the very concept of religion being overly entwined in politics. In a pluralist society, why should one small reading of one particular faith tradition have its way in decision-making? If we don't want religious people on the right employing explicitly uh, religious arguments for wielding power because of the separation of church and state, then why should we want someone on the left doing the same thing? The Establishment Clause of the First Amendment should not set the terms of this debate for Christians. Rather, the test of Scripture and the example of Christ should drive our engagement with and in the world and should be the primary influencing factor in mediating these kinds of situations. Wait a minute. I must have missed this line when I read this before. I wasn't picking up what that was putting down. The test of Scripture and the example of Christ should drive our engagement with within the world, with and in the world. It should be primary, but the primary influencing factor in mediating these kinds of situations. Does that saying still use Christianity to... It sounds like it. I'm not sure. Uh, when Buttigieg and the other progressive candidate centers the gospel message as the rationale for their policy choices, um, and then wins and implements said policy agenda, then that becomes a form of Christian witness, albeit a perverted one. Yeah. In short, the use of the Christian faith to justify political choices conflates Christianity with those choices. This is no more desirable from a Christian viewpoint, and it's uh, Buttigieg, and, or if it is Senator Ted Cruz, no matter what the content of the policy prescriptions. American progressivism, uh, for all that's good about it, is no more Christian than political conservatism. Both are worldly ideologies, both of which may share some priorities or affinities with various aspects of Christian faith, uh, but, with, but which are both ultimately something other than faith in the crucified God. So this guy's more religious than I first thought. But mm. uh, Tying the Christian faith to the power of politics is a fatal distortion. Christianity is all about the creation of an alternative polis, a colony uh, showing the power of self-sacrificing love and the potential of communal salvation for the world. Christianity should not be ba- uh, should not be baptizing passing political winds, winds, uh, like breeze. I just passed like wind injury. too. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a political wind? Uh, You're from Wisconsin. I think you meant you cut cheese. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it smells like Ted Cruz in here. (laughs) (laughs) It should always be a critical voice whether our friends uh, are in power. Wait. Whether our friends are in power, whether or not our friends are in power, I'm guessing. Uh, To associate with faith, to associate the faith with a political agenda is to fault fall into the same old Constantinian trap the Christian church has been liable to since the fourth century. It, it sounds to me kind of like this guy saying, yes, he's a Democrat and he's religious, but that doesn't mean you should vote for him. Yeah. Uh, Buttigieg is undoubtedly a smart, inspiring, and constructive candidate for president, one who would know, uh, one who would no doubt show the impact of his faith on his thinking and decision-making. 
in a more authentic and positive way than the present occupant of the Oval Office. None of this should make us want to crown him or anyone else as the Christian left candidate, quote unquote. Uh, let us let us not allow the Christian right to continue to define political engagement for Christians in America. Let us instead have imaginations more moved by the Holy Spirit and better <laughs> able to engage the needs of the nation around the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg shouldn't lead the religious left. There shouldn't even be a religious left. Oh, I absolutely agree with that concluding statement. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that bothers me about having Buddha Judge running, especially touting his Christian credentials, is that it just leaves the door wide open for some other fucking asshole like Trump to step in and say, no, I have the true Christian credentials. I'm the real Christian. I'm the one who knows things that you don't. And, you know, you mm -hmm. can you can pretend to be gay and Christian, but those things don't really, which they don't. I mean, he would be accurate in saying that they don't really work together. And But being Christian and being Republican don't coincide with a lot of their shit either. Yeah. Yeah, they're really schizophrenic in a lot of the things that they believe and do and stuff like that. But it just it just it bothers me that, it, it, you know, are, are you a person, a politician's religious beliefs, as long as those religious beliefs don't actively harm people, should have nothing to do with their political position. Shouldn't have anything to do with it. But as we our political atmosphere and majority of this country, it tends to play a lot larger role yeah are you more worried about the uh debates turning into who's a better christian possibly yeah yeah i'm yeah that'll probably come up well i i believe that jesus is our lord and savior and he's the one redeemer and he's the only thing that can save us why the fuck are you even running for political office yeah. then yeah well i would i would say i think in the primaries i don't think it would be a big issue mm -hmm. on the democratic primaries and I don't think Pete's going to get the nomination. I don't think he'll get the nomination either. But yeah, like I say, I think he's a decent guy. I just, it, his, the, the two things together just really don't gel and it doesn't sit well with me. And mm -hmm. it, and it takes focus off of substantive policy issues, right? Instead of talking about the things that he wants to do, he's constantly talking about his Christian faith and, you know, you can be Christian and gay and, still love people and be accepting and blah, 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 blah. Sure, you can, but that's not a traditional part of the religious beliefs that go along with Christianity. No, but it might speak to the moderate Republicans who don't bash on homosexuals. Yeah, but those those are seem to be few and far between. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's kind of hoping to win those numbers over the moderate Republicans to... Yeah. You know, when he gets to that point, if he gets to that point, which I don't think he's well, and it, it's got a it's good ridiculous. Shot. I mean, he shouldn't have to he shouldn't have to placate religious people, right? He shouldn't have he to sh say he shouldn't. Well, no, I am religious too, so I I can be president. Like that should have nothing to do with the political office that he's that he's trying to obtain. I I hope we reach that day in this country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. About a bowl of chili. Hot one. Be right there. Antichrist will be a woman in a man's body with seven heads and seven tails. Ain't that to go. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. All right, what, what else? What else you got? 
Donald Trump lies. Nuh-uh. No shit. A lot. Uh huh. According to an article from the Washington Post from November, he lies an average of five and a half times a day. Mm hmm. Uh, now there's an interactive graph showing how Trump's lies compare to President Obama's. Hmm. The New York Times published a story claiming that Trump watches between four and eight hours of television every day. Holy fuck. Trump took offense to the claim. He called the New York Times a failing publication and insisted that he doesn't watch that much TV. He also wanted to make sure that each of his 44.7 million Twitter followers knows that he really, really doesn't like Don Lemon. Uh, Just a few days before Trump's claim that the Times is failing, Adam Goldman, one of the Times reporters, shared the following numbers. The New York Times now has more than three and a half million paid subscriptions <laughs> and more than 130 million monthly readers, more than double our audience just two years ago. To put that in perspective, that's 80 to- 86 times more people than Trump said attended his inauguration. <laughs> one, of wow. the, one of the first false claims as president, in fact. Um, not exactly what we'd call failing. Yeah, it seems like they're doing pretty good in this day and age, especially with the digital media, yeah. which is killing newspapers. Mm-hmm. A little while after this tweet, the Times published a graph. According to the interactive graph, tr- uh, Trump lied 103 times during his first 10 months of his presidency. By comparison, Obama lied 18 times during his entire eight years. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. The Times claims their graph only counts demonstrably and substantially false statements. Additionally, if the same lie was told twice, they counted it as one falsehood. Oh, so so Trump lies a the lot. The number of more times he's lied versus the number of lies. Yeah, exactly. And the number of times is much, 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 much higher, higher mm-hmm. than the number of actual. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because he just repeats the same lie over and over. Yeah. yeah. According to another report by the Times, Trump told a public lie or falsehood every single day for the first 40 days of his presidency. Uh, What kind of lies are we talking about here? Let's review a few of Trump's lies first. Trump's first lie, according to the graph, occurred on January 21st, 2017, his first full day in office, that he wasn't a fan of Iraq. I didn't want to go into Iraq, Trump claimed. In reality, he was originally in support of an invasion. Yep. Then there are the lies about the inauguration attendance. Mm-hmm. The audience was the biggest ever. I thought that was going to be the first one. And the three point and the three to five million illegal votes that kept him from winning the popular. Oh vote. yeah. No evidence of illegal voting exists. Uh, the most recent Trump lie on the graph is him claiming that the Democrats colluded with Russia to interfere with the election. They did not. If we were to measure these lies in Pinocchio noses, <laughs> oh, never mind. Sorry, that goes on to show an image. <laughs> oh, these are pretty big lies. And remember, this is only counting discrete, measurable, uh, measurably false claims since the guy took office. It doesn't count him saying he has the best words or that mm-hmm. he has one of the great memories of all time. What about Obama's lies? Um, like we said, the graph claims Obama told 18 lies over the course of his entire presidency. The first lie he told was February 24th, 2009, uh, when he said, we import more oil today than ever before. In reality, oil imports peaked in 2005. So 
it's kind of kind of a different style of lie. Like that's yeah. First of all, he could have just been mistaken, mm-hmm. you know. But Trump saying that he has the best words that's that's not being mistaken. That's just plain lying. Yeah. Um. Uh, Obama also claimed incorrectly that America has one of the largest Muslim populations in the world. While there are many Muslims living in America, nearly sixty countries were home to more Muslims at the time. I thought like India or something like that had the highest Muslim population. I think it's Indonesia. Indonesia? Yeah. I knew it was a kind of like a shock like with that country. Like I figured it would have been somewhere India else. India does have a lot though. They do. Is that just an overall numbers or percentage of population? I think it's an overall number thing. Yeah, that's what I would guess, yeah. For India? Mm-hmm. I think it's Indonesia. Well, no. Yeah, I'm saying if Indonesia has the largest Muslim population, it, I'm guessing that's based on total numbers not just okay. a per, you know not a percentage, percentage of oh yeah 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 the of the population, population. Yeah. yeah i see uh then there were a couple of lies about the affordable care act most notably that he promised people would be able to keep their doctors now was that actually a liar at the time with the way the bill was written would that have been a possibility and then when the bill got restructured yeah i don't changed. know yeah i don't know either before you arrived matt and i were talking about um some of the things that bothered us about Obama and we both agreed that he was too centrist. And I think that came from a will or, or a desire to try to bring people together, to try yeah. to reach across the aisle, to Which try was to work with Republicans. Which was a novel idea, but it, it, well, he, he wanted to be like an elder statesman. He wanted to be like a Lincoln or, yeah. you know, one of the, one of the great leaders of our, of our historic past where you can work with everybody and, you know, work toward a compromise that everybody is is going to accept. Right? Yeah. That they may not necessarily be happy with, but that they can work with and, mm-hmm. and move forward. And that I think Obama just failed to read the room to see just how wide the partisan gap is and how that you can't really bridge that gap with people on the other side who aren't really willing to work with you on that. Even if they like the idea, and, they're not going to work with them. Right. And so what happened is we get things like the ACA where when, it, you know, as it was first drafted, it was a pretty good bit of legislation. It, it had a bunch of other things in it that would have been wonderful. But in negotiating with Republicans, all of that was watered down until we get something that isn't ideal and yeah. isn't going to work as well as it could have or should have. It really creates no oversight of the medical industry. Yeah. And and so you, you spend all of that time trying to bring Republicans into the fold and to get them to help support this thing. And in the end, they still didn't vote for it. Yeah. It was still just passed by Democrats. It wasn't something that he got much Republican support for. And so you spend a lot of time and energy wasted on negotiating with bad actors who are not going to actually be active participants in anything that you're trying to pass. And so you end up with shitty legislation Mm -hmm. that nobody is happy with and that is in a lot of respects ineffectual and just neutered from the time it was even passed in, in Congress. Yeah. I mean, and it, what we ended up with had a lot of good stuff in it. Mm hmm. But it also, like, missed the mark horribly. Yeah, and it, and it could have been so much better, but in trying to get Republicans on board, it was so watered down and things were removed from it, things were changed, added, that it ended up being something that wasn't very progressive mm-hmm. or, and wasn't a very uh, wasn't a very grand bill. It wasn't the thing that they set out to do initially, 
And in the end, like I say, it was just all that time and effort wasted on people who aren't going to support it anyway. And And so you end up with with something that your side doesn't want and the other side doesn't really want either. But you tried to get them on board and watered it down and made it into this, you know, Frankenstein piece of shit bill that ends up passing but isn't actually going to accomplish the things you set out to accomplish at the outset. You should have pushed for a single pair system. And hope that the ACA in the original writing would have gone through. <laughs> well, and that's just it. He, sh- he shouldn't have wasted all of that time and energy trying to get Republicans on Not, board. He should have just. He had, he had the majority. Yeah. He could have just pushed it through. Yeah. Just, you know, if you're not going to work on these things, well, then fuck you. We'll just take care of it ourselves. Yeah. You guys can sit on the sidelines and pee in your pants, do whatever you want to do. Just fuck off because we're not even going to deal with you anymore. And then when Trump does that, we get our new tax laws. Yeah. And since then, the country has only become more divided and more partisan. So it's not as if anybody who gets in there as a moderate is going to do any better. They're not going to fare any better than Obama did. They're still going to not be able to get anything done. You have to get a real progressive in there who's going to enact and work for real change and then get people behind them and who have voted in other people who can support them in Congress. It's just, it's just, I think that we're so politically divided that we need a strong progressive in there to actually enact things that are going to move the country in a better direction and just say, you know what, if you're not going to participate, then fuck off. Yeah, Go yeah. pray in your <clears throat> churches for change. Cause that's all you're fucking doing here anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was my little rant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else have you brought for us this it, week? You know what I was just thinking about when Matt was reading that? Hmm. We haven't checked that Trump website. That guy that was writing something like the what Trump says every day, or was it what Trump? Oh, yeah. He was just chronicling all of the, yeah, all the, of the ridiculous things that yeah. Trump was saying. I'll have to see if I can find that yeah. again. I wonder, if the, I wonder if that's still going. Possibly. I don't know. I haven't looked at it for a few months now. Yeah. Um. Do you guys know about the... Uh, Einstein quote that God doesn't play, God doesn't roll dice or whatever. Sounds familiar. So he said that and, you know, meaning that space and uh, oh, the universe. not just chance. Yeah, it's not just completely chance. Um, So religious people use that all the time, you know. Well, Einstein said that, you know, there's a God and all that, or he was a, he was a believer. Um, but But they just, it's, first of all, it's an appeal to authority, right? Because he's a famed mathematician who they figure was an atheist most of his life. And wasn't Einstein actually Jewish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, a letter written by Albert Einstein that questions religion is expected to get up to 1.5 million oh, at yeah. an auction. And the so-called God letter written in 1954 will be auctioned by Christie's in New York. This is no doubt already happened. I think this is. An I, 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 yeah, this, this was a little while ago. But I remember when this was going on. Yeah, Einstein wrote the he wrote the letter in German to Eric Gutkind, a philosopher who'd written about the Jewish uh, spirituality and the pursuit of science. Einstein said that while he gladly belonged to the Jewish people, he believed the religion, like all other religions, is an incarnation of the most childish superstitions. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Matt, your pocket's buzzing. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're okay. uh, the word God is for me nothing more than the expression and product of human weaknesses. The Bible, a collection of honorable but still primitive legends. 
Yeah, that letter ended up selling for $2.9 million. Fuck! And that's, so there there you have it. Those are Einstein's thoughts on religion. Mm-hmm. Clearly an atheist. <laughs> I just hope someday I can write a letter that's at least worth what the stamp was put on it. Yeah, well, no. did you did you include the <laughs> did you include the quote? I'm sorry, I, while I was typing that, I would I didn't hear. Maybe if you had said it, but uh, in that letter that he wrote, that I do not believe in a personal God, and I have never denied this, but have expressed it clearly. If something is in me which can be called religious, then it is the unbounded admiration for the structure of the world, so far as our science can reveal it. Hmm. Science, bitches. Not. Not, I think that there was some magical being yeah. who came and made everything and then <laughs> fucked off. Or you sound like that character on Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> what was his name? The, Which, I don't know. The uh, chubby kid. The ch- I'm a chubby kid. <laughs> no, I'm not really a kid. I'm chubby. I was, I, well, I, I, I was a kid at one time, but I wasn't chubby when I was a kid. So I don't know. What it is you have? Well... I guess we have time. I was going to say everything else I have is kind of longer. Kind of longer? We got time for a longer one. Yeah. Might be the last one, but we've got time for it. Okay. Let's see if we can get mad at it. You got mad last week at the end of the Patreon thing. Did I? What were we talking about? Uh, Buttigieg, that lady saying about how gay people have rough, violent sex. And oh, yeah. Rolling her eyes. Yeah. And- Fuck her, yeah. In particular. Yeah. Yeah. She is she was a big fucking turd, man. Just the it just it's the Christian derangement stuff. It just seeps in and poison like Hitch said, religion poisons yeah. everything. It poisons people's minds. And if you want to know what Dan was mad about in that, you gotta be a Patreon subscriber. Yes. Then you can hear I mean, what I was yelling about and why. That's the only way it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this next, the next thing that we have is why are people religious? A cognitive byproduct theory perspective by Yusuf Ali. This was written in January of this year. It says the byproduct theory of, re- of religion suggests that beliefs and behaviors are reducible to a byproduct of evolutionary cognitive adaptions. Psychologist and author of the cognitive science of religion, James A. Van Slyke stated, quote, Evolutionary psychology suggests that the human mind is comprised of many different adaptive cognitive models. These modules contain cognitive programs specific to a particular evolutionary environment that required adaptive solutions to problems faced by our ancient Pleistocene ancestors, end quote. Given that we're social beings with a need to form bonds in our societies, we tend to form attachments, whether with our friends, family members, lovers, or even attachments with non-humans, such as our pets or materialistic inanimate objects. I like doggies. Sex dolls, anyone? Uh, No, just doggies. (laughs) (laughs) As you noticed with the theme, such attachments are possible with religious, omnipotent, divine entities. We believe in God because we imagine that we are attached to a real entity. Given our our cognitive ability to anthropomorphize objects, by using this method of attributing human traits to non-human entities such as God, it makes it easier to connect with them. It's an evolutionary trait which can be first seen in children with their ability to attach human characteristics to their toys in which they're broken or lost. They tend to get emotional and even protective. 
Another aspect concerning cognitive and evolutionary adaptations that occur in our childhood is via educational and household norms. At a young age, when we are learning and developing ideas about the world, we're taught not to disagree with religious teachings. Such discouragement, coupled with our ability to anthropomorphize objects, creates a stronger sense of a belief of a deity. Furthermore, concerning behavioral and contextual aspects relates to our childhood. We tend to be discouraged from questioning God and the Holy Scriptures. As historian Yuval Harari, the author of Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, once stated, quote, Religion is about answers. And it doesn't really matter no. what those answers are yeah. as long as you have something, apparently, to fill in the gap. I mean, if I was allowed to answer shit like that, I'd pass every test. <laughs> Thus, we are taught not to question anything when it comes to religion. The aforementioned theories have given rise to the psychological explanation that evolution has created a God-shaped hole in our heads. Hmm. I, I'm on board with that. <laughs> Such a hole is filled at a young age with religious claims based on the culture one is born into. When told there is an invisible deity that watches over them, intervenes in their life, and passes moral judgment on them, most just accept it without disagreement. Because it's something so, that you're taught from the time you're little, right? But I wasn't taught that from the time I was little, so what did I fill my hole with? Your parents failed you, Ryan. No, they didn't <laughs> leave a hole in my brain. They didn't leave a God-shaped hole in your <laughs> <Yeah>. head? <laughs> also, another aspect is the fact that religion gives rise to social rituals. By being part of a social group, performing acts of singing, dancing, and even in some cases reaching a sort of trance state, it alters the brain chemistry. Increased levels of dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin levels, which are considered the feel-good chemicals, have been recorded within the brain whilst performing such activities. Sure. But you get that from many things. Yeah, you can do that at a music concert that, that, or watching a great movie or reading a great book or just having a wonderful conversation yeah. with people. Well, I've often used the, the, the rock concert analogy with that one. It's like you get the same endorphin in Rush from a rock concert as you would in a spiritual uplifting rock and roll service. In a big service, tent revival, yeah. Big tent revival where everybody's getting into it. Everybody's in the same mood. Everybody's speaking in tongues and they're dancing yeah. and clapping and, and shouting, Hosanna! Yeah. And everyone's connected in that way for that time being, and you leave there feeling that rush of endorphins. Mm-hmm. Thus, it makes us more likely to perform such rituals again and again, providing closeness and establishing relationships with other worshipers, a group of like-minded individuals. We see this happen even at sporting events, right? When yeah. When people get dressed in their team's gear and paint their faces, wear whatever. And and, and just like religion, they see a guy painting his face from the other team. They beat the shit out of him. <laughs> you're not on our team, heretic. Fuck you. <laughs> also, whether you're a believer or not, you can't deny that religion is one of the most influential social structures known to humanity. Personally, I think individuals... Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it may be, but we don't like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is very influential. Uh, influential, but a lot of that influence is negative. Negative influence, yeah. It comes by way of harming people. Personally, I think individuals must always be free to ask and search for questions we will perhaps never know the answers to in our lifetime and to take part in this endless debate. In addition, instead of teaching children that it's sinful and forbidden to re question religion, they should be taught and encouraged to wonder. What I consider truly sinful is to curb a curious mind. I agree with that, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I grew up with uh, Nat Geo and Mr. Rogers and that chemistry guy that 
Didn't Bill they? Nye? No, well, Bill Nye too, but there's other the science guy. Uh, Bill Nye was a little later on because uh, what was he's called like Mr. Science or something. Dude, I had slim good body when I was a kid. I remember that in like elementary school, and that <laughs> freaked me out. You watched Slim Good Buddy yeah. when you were in elementary school? Yeah. That shit had been like 20 years old. Yeah, at but the now time. when I see him, I'm like, why did they allow that guy to be played <laughs> on TV in elementary school? He looks like he's practically naked. He's mm-hmm. not really hiding anything. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Look, but, you can see my coccyx. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was the guy, I think his name was, I think it was like Mr. Science or something science. Mm. They make all the funny videos of him now where he looks like a rapist or a, a child predator. I have no idea what you're you talking about. You will have about, to look it, it up on YouTube. Amazing. He's <laughs> he's pre Bill Nye. Uh-huh. But he would do all the science experiments with kids. And it was kind of something like you'd watch in elementary school or middle school doing the experiments like, hey, if we do this and we do this, what do you think the outcome will be? Uh-huh. And they would have to figure out, well, I think this might happen. And they do the experiment to see if the person was right. Hmm. What do you, what is your hypothesis about this? And, yeah. yeah. And, and they would make him think about, well, if you like, if I have a glass and I put ice in it and it's all the way up to the brim, what's going to happen? Well, ice melts and it's going to overflow. Uh, oh, because part of the ice is floating and then. Because, well, the ice is floating and also the ice is compact when it's frozen. Then when it thaws out, it actually takes well, up more expand, volume. Or water expands when it's frozen, Yeah, right? I can't remember what it was. There's something like that. Like He does experiments like that where you put the ice in the water and it's full up, you know, or yeah. if I jab your mom with a hot poker, what happens? She's going to say, oh, don't poke me with your hot poker. Exactly. You got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> you devil, you don't poke me with your hot poker. But I want to say it was I can't, like Mr. Science or something like that. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Let me. He was, an, he was an older guy. Mr. Science. I want to see if I can find Mr. Science. Uh, no, it's not the guy on the Today Show. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He would have been like. It wasn't Jason Lindsay. That's, that's like 1980s. Stuff. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember yeah. what that guy's name was. I can't remember but either. But sounds familiar. I can vaguely. It's ringing a bell. Can vaguely in your, in your God-shaped hole in your brain. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Wizard. Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. What does Christianity say? Ah, those laws can be suspended. And in your favor, too, if you make the right prayers and propitiations and sacrifices. There can be a virgin can conceive, a dead body can walk again, your leprosy can be cured, the blind can see. Nonsense. It's not moral to lie to children. It's not moral to lie to ignorant, uneducated people and to tell them that if they will only believe nonsense, they can be saved. It's immoral. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Okay, we are approaching the end of the show. I think we got time for maybe one more thing. Uno mas item. What shall it be? We are going through our Rolodex. Sorry, everybody. As Matt shuffles the page. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> to determine what it will be. Okay. Here we go. All right. Why are some people... Nope. 
Nope, not that one. That's not it. <laughs> Why are some religions more popular than others? Why isn't Mickey Mouse a god? Uh, I think he is for some people. Yeah, I suppose. This uh, this is a serious question for researchers studying the evolution of religion, and it offers some insight into the question of why some religions have persisted while others haven't. The Mickey Mouse problem is an oft-cited, catchy critique of the idea that religion is merely a byproduct of the way our brains evolved. According to this view, natural selection favored human ancestors with certain mental capacities, including our tendencies to seek patterns and think about other people's thoughts, theory of mind. These cognitive adaptations, which helped our ancestors survive and reproduce, also made people prone to supernatural beliefs. But there's more to explain when it comes to the state of religion today, like why Mickey Mouse or Santa Claus are not worshipped, why Christians don't believe in Zeus, and why particular religions have spread prolifically. We can conceive of a talking mouse or ancestor spirits, but only some of these stories became beliefs. And of the myriad beliefs, even fewer became worldwide religions. Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Judaism are followed by roughly 75% of the global population. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what made these religions with billions of believers so successful while others fizzled? Some beliefs are easier than others to remember and pass on. Memory experiments have shown that people recall stories or concepts that slightly deviate from expectations. One or two supernatural elements better than mundane or wildly fantastical tales. Moderately counterintuitive content captures your attention and sticks in your head. This finding explains why certain folk tales persist through the ages, but it doesn't explain how supernatural stories become religious beliefs. With deeply committed devotees, why Christians, why Christians are willing to die for Jesus, but not characters like Mickey or other cultures' gods like Zeus. Um, uh, one idea is that deeply held beliefs require some sort of buy-in. Evolutionary anthropologist Joseph Henrik of Harvard University has proposed that religious commitment emerges from costly rituals like fasting, donation, celibacy, and martyrdom. When people see other members of their own community, especially prestigious ones, make these sacrifices, they're more likely to accept the underlying beliefs. This stems from our inherent tendency to learn by imitation and follow tradition, even when the reasons are unknown. Researchers include Henrik and Noren Zion uh, have studied what gives some religion, religion sticking power, while most remain marginal or disappear. Their work suggests successful religions have had deities and rituals promoting cooperation among practitioners. This quality became increasingly important after about 10,000 years ago when small forager tribes began to settle together in massive agricultural civilizations. For the first time in human evolution, communities comprised strangers uh, who, had who had to routinely interact and trust one another. Some groups developed beliefs like gods who punish wrongdoers. They say this promotes pro-social behaviors or acts that uh, benefit others at a personal cost. Society and pro-social pro beliefs were more successful than other groups, hence those religions spread and persisted through what anthropologists call cultural evolution. This idea explains the prevalence of certain religious beliefs. As Noren Zion put it, 
why the distribution of religions is so uneven and skewed toward moralizing gods and moralizing religions. At the same time, it offers one solution to another problem, which is large-scale cooperation. Psychologists and anthropologists have long puzzled over the fact that civilizations work, uh, that thousands of strangers will cooperate and even sacrifice personal welfare for the greater good of society. Many world religions solve the cooperation conundrum, at least among their followers, by believing in big gods, powerful, all-knowing deities concerned with mortality, or no, morality, and supernatural punishments like hell and karma. With such beliefs, people abide by social rules and norms, even when no human eyes are watching. Fear of supernatural surveillance keeps them in check. So the claim here is, big societies developed big gods and or supernatural punishment because the beliefs promoted cooperative behavior among followers. Because this is science and not speculation, <laughs> though, the hypothesis should bear predictions which can be confirmed or denied through observations, experiments, and theoretical simulations. And it does. For instance, if the theory is correct, bigger societies should have punitive, knowledgeable gods. This prediction is confirmed by observations. A study reviewing 186 societies found that large societies more commonly have deities that punish moral transgressors, whereas the deities of small societies are generally unconcerned with mortal affairs. Another prediction is individuals who believe in religions and big gods and supernatural punishments will behave more pro-socially. This prediction is supported by experimental economic games, which measure games or gains, games, I guess, games, which measure people's willingness to share with strangers. Based on nearly 600 participants from eight diverse societies, people who believe in punishing moralizing gods are more generous toward geographically distant strangers that share their religion that share their religion yes yeah the in group numerous studies have also shown that being implicitly reminded of religion increases pro-social behavior for instance in one experiment participation participants were told to unscramble five words into a four-word sentence making a list such as dessert divine was fork the into the dessert was divine. <laughs> Some lists contain the fuck was that about? <laughs> Some lists contain religious primers, the words spirit, divine, God, sacred, or prophet, while others had neutral words. No example of neutral words. Mm. After the word game, participants were given ten one dollar coins and instructed to keep as many as they would like, knowing that the remainder would be given to a stranger. Subjects given religious primers gave away an average of $4.56, whereas those who saw neutral words gave less, an average of $2.56. That's just stupid. Hmm. However, a third group of subjects saw words related to secular institutions enforcing good behavior, civic, jury, court, police, and contract, this group gave an average of $4.44, suggesting secular monitoring words have the same effect as religious primers. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to an important point. Religion with big gods and supernatural punishment is just one solution to the problem of cooperation. There could be other institutions, other mechanisms. Societies figure out other ways to get people to cooperate at large scale, explains Noren Zion. 
Secular institutions can also encourage and enforce pro-social behavior. Looking across cultures in the past and present, there are certainly large societies that, quote, work, close quote, without religion policing their rules. Over one billion people today do not belong to a religion. Most of them follow the rules just fine. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to have a belief in supernatural nonsense in order to be a good person. No, I'm a little discouraged by that money test. And that with no primers at all, they gave less than half of uh, what they did with the primers. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that, I mean. Two, I, two dollars out of ten. They they kept eight for themselves. Like, yeah. that's. Yeah, that, I mean, that. That's humans, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. still 20%. Nature, that's a good tip. We're, we're all selfish creatures by nature. It's, it's being, it's, it's being given those reminders that. There are other people in the world who are experiencing the same thing you are that provides an avenue for people to go, oh, yeah, that's right. There there, there are other people here. Yeah. I guess I could leave more for somebody else. And it doesn't have to be a supernatural thing. It's just a reminder that, hey, you're not the only fucking person here. Yeah. And you don't. we don't know how many narcissists or psychopaths were in that test mm. that would have kept every cent and mm-hmm. thrown the numbers off. Mm. Just yeah. like they throw off averages of everything yeah psychopaths (laughs) yeah i think i i heard it said and i haven't actually checked but that of violent offenders in prison 70 percent are psychopaths or sociopaths really that number for all crimes it does it seems very high but well for violent crimes okay yeah, yeah of of violent crime offenses i mean that i guess that kind of fits yeah yeah it totally does yeah i mean people because they don't have empathy yeah Huh. Never really thought about it. Yeah. Hmm. Something I'll have to mull over for a little bit. Well, yeah. I it, I would encourage everyone to look into that statistic because I don't I don't remember where I heard that. So hmm. just to make sure that it's actually true. And if it is not, which you accurate, should be doing with everything understand. we say anyway, especially what yeah. I say, uh, especially <laughs> when you say especially. <laughs> Yep, egg specially. <laughs> oh, supposedly. Uh-huh, good one. People will do that. That's a Utah thing. Uh, one That's of the, an everybody thing. It's an every. It's an everybody thing. Yeah, yeah I guess people do all that over. from all over. Um, it it is big here in Utah. Uh, one of the, one of the people that I work with now, I should record a conversation with her. <laughs> She's a very very nice person. I like her. Um, we work together really well. But every time she speaks, all I can picture in my head is Roseanne Barr. Like, oh. she talks like Roseanne Barr talks. The, she funny. has the same inflections and uses Don't a lot ask of her the to same sing. sentence structure. She sounds like Roseanne Barr. I'll have to... I'll have to record a conversation because it's kind of it's kind of funny. Is it Roseanne Barr? Because apparently maybe, she's maybe they're s- sisters. I don't know. She she lives in Salt Lake again, apparently. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. She grew up here. Yeah, she came back here to be in hiding. Yeah. Escaping her her woes. Yeah, except for people kept taking photos of her. <laughs> we see you over there. Yep. Hiding in the bushes. Come out of the bushes, Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> That'll wrap things up for us this evening. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Alan Firth, Newmania, Christy Kalbach, Gatheist, Larry Wilson, Stephen Andrews, Let Them Eat, uh, Kofafi, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Two skeptical chaps, Michelle Short, Vanessa, Captain Samples, 
Utah Outcasts. Janet Uter. Marius Kat Butrakowski. Wes Aaron. Andrew Vodopich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Fuzz. Jeff Peterson. Jesse Pointer. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Freethinker215 and Lisa Simpson support American Atheists. Savita Kuna. The Purple Dragon. And, and Taylor, Taylor Grin. Grin. Yay. We love you all very much. Yes. Uh, you too can be a Patreon supporter for as little as $1 per episode if you go to Patreon or, yeah, Patreon.com. Yeah. Slash Godless Revolution. That's a site. <laughs> and, and you can help keep the show going and make the show go and make it better. I'd like to do some camera something, something yeah. one day eventually. Okay. So when we upload these things to the make YouTube. A video. That, that there would be some video attached. Yeah. We'll have to experiment with that 360 camera you got. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be challenging to figure out the best way to do that since small room cross in, table. Yeah, we're all in the same room in a small room. Yeah, but we'll have to see what we can figure out. I haven't I haven't done much research into it. If anybody out there has any ideas for us, that would be welcome. If you have ideas on how to improve the show or how we can set up a camera, something something that if it isn't you know tens of thousands of dollars or. <laughs> Or even hundreds of hundreds of dollars <laughs> would be would be awesome if it could be you know moderately a moderately priced solution for us. We can we can set up some goals and work our way toward achieving those through Patreon donations. Uh, but thank you all very much for doing that. Thank you all f- uh, for listening, even if you are not a Patreon patron, for sharing the show around, for contacting us, for giving us show ideas, for sending us articles. There's a ton of a, a ton of you out there who do that all the time, and I appreciate it more than you know. But until next week, crucify that like button. We we haven't uh, gotten yeah. any reviews on iTunes lately, so mm-hmm. so go and do that. Well, yeah, you should also leave a review because we're going to impeach Trump. Ooh. Yeah, I hope so. It's 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 no, we are going to. It's that. Oh, oh we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, three of okay. us. If you yeah. leave us a review, we will impeach oh, Trump. Okay, okay, yeah. I can I can work yeah. toward that. Sure. Yeah. And everybody that listens to this show has rated our show five times a day toward Mecca. Yes. Supposedly. 